But what he was saying was like, you young kids don't understand the horrors of war. And if you're this ignorant about war, you're going to repeat it. Hmm. So you guys need to actively protect peace. Peace is not something that just automatically happens. Right. You have to protect it. Welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this show, we talk about all things Japan in English. My name is Michi, and this is my co-host, Natsuki. And if you'll notice, there's just two of us today, and that's uh, actually on purpose. Today, we're going to talk about something very, very serious. We're going to actually talk about what uh, is known as the end of the war day in Japanese. What is it in Japanese? Shusen Kinenbi. And in English, it's called Victory Over Japan Day. But it's the end of the, the official end of World War II, which is August 15th. Uh, it was 1947. And the reason why we're talking about this for a few reasons. One, because, you know, we are actually trying to do a little bit more serious shows every now and then, right? We can always talk about anime and stuff like that. But also because this particular day affected me in a weird way um, a few years ago. Um, my television station, because I was a reporter for TV and everything, they decided to send me out to a museum that's here in Kagoshima. It's in Chidan, uh, the town of Chidan. And it's the, in English, we call it the Peace Museum. But what's it called in Japanese? Heiwa Kinenkan. So the, the Peace Memorial mm. Museum, right? So um, it's basically a museum that uh, kind of teaches children about the kind of the horrors of war. Um, and it's it's a really uh, it's a really powerful place to go to. You see like what happens when you know when to especially to the to the people at the you know we we, we always talk about uh, when you when you talk about war it's like the people on the top make the decision but it's always the people on the bottom that pay the price for it. And so in this particular case, like you see the the young boys who were sent on kamikaze uh, missions to kamikaze, kamikaze musicians mm. sorry to uh, to to fight in the war. What do they call in Japanese? They're called ko, ko, they're to, not, tokotai, which means mm. special forces. Tokotai, yeah, tokubetsu kotai, mm, yeah, yeah, special forces. So tokotai. Tokotai. Tai. Tokotai. Mm. Uh, so they're not called kamikaze in, in uh, Japanese. I don't know. Why do we call it that? That's weird. Because, Divine wind is what yeah. it means, right? Mm -hmm. But you guys don't call it that, right? No, it's an English word. Yeah, it's like a Japanese English word. Also, I mean, like, there's another one that we call it uh, Harry Kerry, which is Harikiri. But in Japanese, it's Seppuku. Ah, oh, Harakiri to Seppuku. Ah, sorry, Harakiri, sorry. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's Seppuku. Mm -hmm. And so we don't, I don't know why we took that word that way. It's weird. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and that museum is dedicated to, mostly it has a lot of stuff in it. But one of the main uh, exhibits they have are the letters that were written by these young boys to their families. And because, I mean, they're, they're obviously written in Japanese and they're the actual letters that are in these, case, these glass cases. And um, there's J uh, English translations of them. Um, and for whatever reason, my television station decided to send me that, to that place that year. And their logic was, 
every year, you know, this day comes and we talk about it and we send a Japanese reporter to the museum and they go, oh, it's so sad. And then it's done. And then nobody really thinks deeply about it is what my television station told me. Mm. And I kind of agreed with that. I was like, okay, that makes sense. They're, so they like they they want to just, they wanted to send me because I'm I'm mixed. I'm mixed race, right? I'm, I'm my Japanese uh, mother and Japanese grandmother, and so an an American father, and so I'm mixed race. And so they wanted to send me to that place to see like the difference in reaction, I guess, then really to get the audience to think deeply about the the what that day means to this country. And I got to tell you, it was fucking traumatic. Like it, I didn't, I've never, I'd never went there before on purpose. Cause I didn't want, I don't like places like that. I'm very anti-war and especially when it deals with children, because I mean, those, I mean, these pilots were like high school kids, right? Yeah. 17, 16, maybe. Right. Two twenties. I mean, they started off with, you know, the university student age and then they got younger and younger, younger as the war went on. But it was just like. I never wanted to see that place, but the, my TV station convinced me to go. And so today we're going to watch some clips of that a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about it. And so that's the reason why it's just me and Natsuki today is because this is kind of a controversial subject. And I wanted both people that are, you know, talking about it today on the show to be of Japanese descent. And since I'm mixed and, and Natsuki's obviously Japanese, like, I think it would be more appropriate for us to have this conversation, just the two of us. So, um, Josh, if you could actually play that video a little bit, we'll put this, we'll we'll clip this into the to the the YouTube version of the podcast. So, Natsuki, when when you heard that I was going to this place and doing this report, what did you think? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I seriously thought you okay. Yeah. So it they they asked me about this first, right? Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. My, my initial reaction was no, hell no, I'm not doing that. Um, but the the director of this video was very serious, and and when I listened to her explanation of why they wanted to send me, I kind of made it kind of made sense. What what did she say? She said she wanted the children, uh, the, this generation, to understand, and that it wasn't it wasn't going to mean anything if they just sent another Japanese reporter there. Mm. It, there would be no impact, and the kids wouldn't learn any lessons. Mm. And so she said, the reason why we want you to go there is because we want you to see because you have that mixed background. They want to see that different kind of like perspective. So I, you can see right now in the car. I don't. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I'm in the car. They 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 turn around. They put the camera on me, and they're like, "Can you talk about this?" And so, like, the very first thing I was talking about, how I'm mixed race, and I'm, I'm, like, already tearing up because I don't do well with stuff like this. Did you know that there was a big base in Chilan? That's why they had a museum there. So I didn't know anything about that place. Oh, okay. I, I specifically avoided that place. Mm -hmm. Like, I never wanted to, like, you can see I'm, cr I'm already tearing up. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I hate war. I hate violence. I hate all kinds of that stuff. And I'm talking about in the scene, like, you know, how I teach, you know, at the time, I was t teaching hundreds of kids. Mm -hmm. And like, I look at these kids, especially when they're young, they don't have any hatred, no bias, nothing. They're just cute little kids, no matter where you are in the world. Mm. And so like, I didn't want to see those kids in any other different light, especially when you go to this museum and you see the pictures of those pilots and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want to see that, you know? I, I, and like you can see, I'm like tearing up, like, this is traumatic for me. It was really hard for me. And, um, so, like, I, I didn't want to go. Mm, you explained the feeling. Yeah, and so, like, they didn't tell me that they were going to do this. They just told me, like, we'll, we'll start, you know, filming you once we get, the, once we get there. But immediately the director, because she knew what she was doing, right? She turned around, she has a camera guy on me, and she's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't want to talk right now. I'm like, because I was nervous. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they, they make me go here, and I'm, I'm just not into it. I'm not into it. I'm usually on TV eating food and doing fun things. But I'm like, 
this this place is like it's just all of the propaganda and war stuff from World War II. Mm. And this this uh, particular uh, he wasn't a curator, but he was he was very knowledgeable about all this stuff. Um, he's like, can you pause it for a second? He's um, otaku about history. Really? Right. Mm. So he loves especially this era of history. Hmm. So when he talks about things, he gets excited, but it's not that he loves war. Mm. He just likes the history. Mm-mm. But it was really strange for me because I'm like... This, yeah, that's strange to me too. Right? So mm-hmm. I'm like listening to his explanation and everything, and he's like excitedly telling me, you know, it's like otaku type, right? Mm. And I'm just like, I was just so... I just felt small in that place i was just like i shouldn't be here yeah i thought you know those kind of people are more older he's young right right because he just he just loves history mm-hmm. i mean I, I, he was a very friendly person mm-hmm. and like when we talked off camera he was just totally normal mm. but the second you started talking to him like if for example if he was like i don't know like a figure otaku right okay and if you start he starts talking about his thing he yeah. gets into it he's all excited and everything so when you're watching him on screen he's fucking excited so they started doing this in 1941 right yeah Christmas Eve. And they started sending these pilots from Chiron, which is here in Kagoshima. So why did they choose Chiron? Do you know? No, I don't know. I think I think because Kagoshima cl- was closer to the theater, right? Because mm. they, they were fighting in the Pacific and mm-hmm. near Okinawa. Mm-hmm. So we were a close place. Right. So I asked a very interesting question to this guy. Um, and I, because we, we all know what Kamikaze pilots are. They're kids who got into an airplane um, and uh, they would, you know, with the target of flying into the American Navy ships and British and, you know, other forces. Mm-hmm. And so they said just there that, you know, they, they sent over a thousand uh, kids. And I asked, I simply asked the guy, I was like, what's their like rate of success? Like, like what percentage do they actually hit their target? And it was something like one or two percent. Oh, that's it? I thought more than 10 percent. No, no, no. I, oh, he okay. says it later on in the video, but it's like, um, I'm sure Josh will put it in the note after we do it. But like, oh, okay. it was like one or two percent. Okay. And I just looked at him and I was like, are you fucking serious? And they had only one way fuel, 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 number, fuel, right? fuel, fuel. So they could only go one way and they, mm-hmm. they couldn't come back. So you see these pictures of all these kids. They're kids, right? They're yeah. kids. I mean, they're kids from all over Japan, right? right? All over Japan to Kagoshima. Yeah, and they picked the top brightest kids mm-hmm. from all uh, uh, all over Japan. Oh, yeah, I know that. They're elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it says here that they're, you know, teens to 20s. But as the war went on, they kept going lower. I mean, both sides actually did this, but they kept getting younger and younger in age and so you can see me in all of these scenes I'm just not into any of this I'm mm. just sitting there I'm like I hate this mm. and I started reading these kids letters and like they are enthusiastic about going I don't know how much bullshit those letters are but I think at that time the information that they, these kids had was so controlled by right, the right. government right. that they believed what they were doing. Mm-mm-mm. And so if you and the thing is there's a video in this museum that shows that what the families did when the kids were flying away in the airplanes that the, 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 the parents were there cheering and like you know go you know go get them or whatever and like it was like a like a um, like a pride thing to be chosen to be one of these guys because again they didn't have access to the internet they didn't they didn't know what was really going right, on right. and they thought the Americans were like these evil devils that were going to come and like eat their parents right mm-hmm. so they're like i'm going to defend you mom and dad kind of right. thing mm. 
And then I hear that those letters, before they send to their family, they both checked their you know, letters. So make that, sure. Yeah, make sure that they're you know, saying nothing like... I don't want to go. Right, right, right. Well, of course, it's controlled, right? <laughs> so one of the other weird things about this is that these kids were... You can just see I'm hating this. Um, these kids were made to uh, stay in a barracks uh, in these in these rooms at the base near here and they have a recreation of it and it's like this very simple wood like kind of cabin and they stayed there for days before they were sent off on their missions probably to make sure that they you know didn't run away or whatever I don't know but um, and as we're talking about all this stuff, like one of the things that they did was they're like, you know, we have a person for you to interview, Mitch. And I was like, okay, who? And they're like, it's this 80 something year old guy who was literally in the barracks waiting to go when the war ended. Oh, okay. So, like the war ended like the day before he was to be sent off. I don't know if my, I'm saying right word, but he was lucky. Lucky. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is when I met him, you'll see him later on in the video, but. When I met him, I, I, I mean, he's at that age where he's not really, you know, he's, he's not going to have a conversation with me. He's just going to say what he wants to say and okay, that's okay. it, right? Mm -hmm. But what he was saying was like, like, you young kids don't understand the horrors of war. And if you're this ignorant about war, you're going to repeat it. Hmm. So you guys need to actively protect peace. Peace is not something that just automatically happens right. and you have to protect it. I guess that's why Japan keep making, you know, war film every yeah. year. But, you know, so so let's talk about this a little bit. So we, okay. can, we can pause this video. So I want to talk... So, Noxie, I really wanted to talk to you about this. because So I went here as an adult. Okay. And as a biracial person who mm -hmm. has both backgrounds. And I... At the end of it, the experience was good. I, I'm glad that I went because okay. I learned a lot from it. And it did, like the, the older gentleman, I wish I remembered his name, said, he, you know, peace is something we have to actively work for. Mm -hmm. So I, I learned all those lessons. But... All the people in this prefecture go to that museum when they're... How old do you go? The, the first time I went there, probably I was like seven or eight. I can't remember. So when. you guys are sent there, right? To, and it's, it's for the same reason, right? To learn about the importance of, of protecting the peace. But what... How do you react to that as a seven-year-old? Do you understand it? No, I don't understand it. I just... I, I kind of was scary. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> there was a... Plane model, airplane model. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's cool. <laughs> 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 and then also near the you know museum, there's a like wooden house that the pilots are staying. Yeah, yeah, the, the bunker. Yeah, 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 bunker. So I thought, just you know, it looks like fun place to for camping or something like that because I was so little. Right, right. Then, it, you can't process that no, information, no, right? No, no, And and I of course read some letters and I was kind of scary. Mm. But that's it. No, nothing serious impact. What did your teachers tell you about it, right? Were they like, were they explaining why you were there? Or was it just like, we're going here today. Okay, let's go home. I actually can't remember. But, you know, of course, the reason why we go there to think for, for our ancestor because uh -uh. we are living happily now is because of their, you know, sacrifice well, there everybody's sacrificed yeah. right because of the, the the horrors of the war right mm -hmm. now we well at least the generations after that didn't want to repeat it yeah yeah right so so when i was young i didn't really understand and then of course i had the chance to go there like several times in my life and then as i get older i 
start to understand what it really means. And I don't want to really read those letters because it's too sad. So now that you're a mother, right? Mm -hmm. You have a daughter, but let's say that you had a son. Okay. Could you go as like a mother to that museum and read those letters without like just crying? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to cry, but I don't want to face the things that... That reality. Yeah. I guess they had no choice, of course. Well, they didn't. They were like I said, they didn't have. There's no yeah. internet. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. They couldn't like Google. Like, should I really do this? Right? No. They were just told by all the adults around them, "You got to go." Right. And that was it. Uh, Josh, have you been to that museum? No, I haven't. Why? You're you're half Japanese. Why haven't you? I mean, I think similar feeling as you. Like, I don't know. It's just really hard. Like, even just looking at the video now, I was like, I was kind of tearing up and stuff. Yeah. Are there any museums like this in the States? So it's okay. So I'm going to be a little critical of America. Hey, guys, I don't hate any country, but I'm just going to be a little critical of America because America won. Mm-hmm. They have the victory kind of mentality. Okay. So if you look at our video games, for example, like all of the first person shooters, so many of them are like World War II based. Okay. And we're always like the victorious Americans killing Nazi, mm. Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> no, no. Nazis. No. Nazis. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> killing, killing, that was a Floridian slip. Killing Nazis. Nazis, Nazis. Nazis. Mm -hmm. And so like it's it it's kind of bad because in some ways, I mean, it's good to like, you know, like, you know, when you watch movies like, uh, for example, you know, like Wonder Woman, for example, that was I think during World War One, maybe World War Two or something like that. Like, yeah, good guys win, blah, blah, blah. That's great and everything. But when you have that mentality of like good guys, bad guys, and then like we're like the righteous, the just ones, you learn less lessons. Mm. So after World War II, you can see America, who like you know became the the top uh, military power after that. We didn't really learn that hey, wars are bad, and so mm-hmm. we've you know look at the war in Afghanistan, the longest war that mm-hmm. America's ever had. That would have never happened. It likely never happened if America lost World War II. Okay, but because we have this victor this victory mentality, it's like wars are good. They're going to fix everything, mm-hmm. right? Because if you look at Japan, Japan was not like. Japan was doing okay before the war, but if you compare pre-war Japan to post-war Japan, Mm-mm. like, what is that video about the history of Japan say? Economic miracle? Mm-hmm. I mean, Japan's GDP just went like this after World Mm-mm. War II. And so we kind of think that that's going to happen. Like, if you go into, when we went to Iraq, there were people in the Congress saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to make it like Japan. Oh. And you're like, no, there's a big difference between Iraq and Japan. Like, mm-hmm. you're not, it's not, that's not going to work. And, like, people were telling the Bush administration that, like, there's no way that that's going to work. And it didn't work. Hmm. Yeah, Iraq is nowhere like Japan, right? Because hmm. it's, it's not the same situation. Anyway, so we didn't really learn that. And then when we have war museums in America, we have, like, the Holocaust Museum in New mm-hmm. York or somewhere, wherever it is. And, like, that's, like, um, that's like uh, again, it's, like, seeing the horrors from the other side. Hmm. Right. But we don't because, you know, we didn't have like the, the kamikaze like history. We didn't. I mean, like, I guess if anything on this side that should have been, you know, really thought about was like the atomic bombings. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's about it. Like, I can't. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. Maybe they are. They are there. Hey, guys, if you're at home and you know of like a good like, uh, you know, kind of maybe a peace centric war museum in, in, in the States that maybe I don't know about. Let us know in the comments. I'm not sure. But. Yeah, it just seems like we, again, just feel great about the whole thing. Like, we won, yay, mm. right? And then, but in Japan, it's weird because the history isn't really taught one, mm. right? I mean, like, what did you learn in school? Like, like, how much in, like, junior high school and high school did you learn about the war? Not a 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot. Not, not a lot. How much? I cannot tell how much. Like, but... We have like entire classes uh, devoted to World War II, you know? Yeah, but, <clears throat> but I learned history in American history class when I went, you know, yeah. was an exchange student. But it was very short. Uh... But of course, Japan learned more yeah. compared to America because we probably lost. Right. That's the reason why. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like, okay, so like, for example, every year around this time of year, we've got three days that happen, right? You've got the, the bombings, the two bombings, right, of, mm-hmm. of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the, 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 so the end, of end, the war day. end of the war day. Mm-hmm. And then these always kind of around this time is also the beginning or around Obon, yeah. the holidays where we remember the dead and things like that. And they always play that movie on TV. Right, Hotaru right. no Haka. Yeah. Grave of the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I actually love that movie because it's artistically amazing. Like it's, I think it's Miyazaki, right? Mia, yeah, uh, it's a Miyazaki movie. Miyazaki's best. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, it's just a, it's an amazing uh, movie. My youngest uh, sibling is looked just like what's her name? Setsuko. Setsuko. Looked just like Setsuko when he was uh, younger uh, and when I was raising him. And like, and so he, the Setsuko in the, in the movies constantly saying, Nita, Nita, which is like older brother. Mm-hmm. So uh, it really, it, it just wrenches my heartstrings, right? When I see that, but like, like no one watches it. Like when it comes on TV, everybody's like, it's too sad. Mm, it's too sad. You know, my friend's dad had a different view of seeing that movie. Okay. It, you know, he said, that those two kids were stupid because they didn't follow their, you know, relatives. Yeah. They tried to live by themselves. That was stupid. There were so many people who, you know, sac- not sacrificed, who gamanshita. How do you say gamanshita? Tolerated. Tolerated from the, from the situation. Yeah. But they didn't want it. And that's why they did. Uh. So they, they, my friend's father said they had a... Wrong choice. Uh, so, like, you know, depends on their ages. In the, their, what they think about this movie is different. That's what I thought. So I've actually heard that before about that. Is like the arrogance, you know, the pride of the older brother was what led to those two kids, you know, suffering like that they, they, they did. And there's there's actually quite a lot. If you, watch the, if you guys watch the movie and you can make up your own mind, there's a lot behind that. But there's also a lot of, we say, like similar things, parallels between... What happened in the war, actions that were happening in the war, and then actions that were happening with those people and those characters mm-hmm. in after the war. Mm-mm. And so it is a very powerful movie, and you do really need to think about it on a lot of levels. But it one of the things that it does show is what happened, you know, we in, in I think in a lot of Americans' minds, World War II ended with the sailor kissing the blonde girl in the streets of New York, getting off the ship, and it's just like the boys come home, the war is done, and everything's great. Well, that's not how it was here. Hmm. After Victory Day, which we call it in English, Victory Over Japan Day, um, the 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 war can the war ended, but the hardship continued. Mm-hmm. Like I have a I had a, a a person I knew who was born, and my mother as well was born right after the war, and they didn't have fun. No, your grandmother, she's probably around a little bit. She lived through the war, right? She lived through the war. Did she she ever, was twenties. Did she ever talk about it? She didn't actually, and she. Those generations don't want to talk about wars, right. yeah, because probably they don't want to remember. It's traumatizing. Yeah, traumatizing. Yeah, so she that, she didn't really talk about war to me. I asked some questions to her, then she opened her mouth, mm-hmm. but unless she doesn't. Did she? Did she? What did she say? I mean, what did she? Did she teach you anything you didn't know? 
she no i the reason why i asked her about war is because i learned something something from history class mm -hmm. and then it says they can say something special about you know japanese emperor and it's not even like japanese like chin wa chin means like emperor but like they have some you know something that they have to recall every day and then my homework is ask your grandmother about if she can spell, not spell, if she can say these words. If she remembers the, right, the right, speech. Right, 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 the speech. And then I asked her and she could tell everything. Wow. But before that, she didn't tell anything. Oh. Yeah. It's true though, like, you know, every every now and then you'll you'll find someone who's like, like grandfather or father, like died fighting in the mm -hmm. war. But they won't tell you that. No. They'll be like, oh, my great-grandfather. And they, they look at me with my blonde hair. And they're like, uh, died of s some sickness. No. <laughs> mm. And it's just like, wow. There's a, it's, I, they, there's a, there's a, I think a phrase in Germany, right? It's like, uh, like everybody else's grandfather fought in the war. Mm -hmm. Not your grandfather, mm -hmm. right? They, like everybody says, it's like, oh, somebody else's grandfather was a Nazi, right? Mm. And, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, when I talked to this older gentleman um, who was born, he was actually born during the war in China. Oh, okay. When they were occupying that, China, right? Okay, Manchu. Manchu. Mm -hmm. And then he was brought into my mother's hometown when he first came to Japan. Uh, when he came, I, I mean, his parents came back to Japan, but he, for the first time, and so he lived in Sasebo for a little bit and then he moved to Kagoshima because his parents were originally from Kagoshima. But I asked him, I was like, how were things like going to school in like the, the late 1940s? And he was like, you know, we would have to play a game like because sometimes we wouldn't have lunch. Mm -hmm. And so like the, the kids would like try to like, you know, just, you know, like put up with the hunger. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, who gives into their hunger kind of thing. It's like, don't, don't give into your hunger kind of thing. Like, let's be strong. I'm like, like days where they would just like go out in the forest and try to like scavenge food, just find mm. things to eat, or like they'd try to go fish or something like that because they just didn't have food. Right, right. Maybe my mother's and the, my parents' generation is like safe. Like, you know, five years after the war, yeah. they don't really have like hunger or they are like okay generation. Yeah. But before that, maybe. So like the, the I mean, five or six years after the war, right? Mm-hmm. And so my mother was born like the year after the end of the war. So she's like, and in Nagasaki, right? Mm. So it's just like, she was not. And the thing is, is they have a, they had a, a word for uh, half kids. Now they're like half food, right? And half mm. are really popular. They're on TV, mm. you know, and, and I mean, Josh is half and he, he you know, everybody like, yeah. loves it. But at that time, they're called Ainoko. Yeah. Ai is, ai is not Aishiteru no Ai, right? Love, not love. Ai means maybe mix. Mix, right? Mm -hmm. But at the time, Ainoko was used as a slur, like a bad thing to call them. Mm -hmm. And because, uh, anyway, so like. Oh, I love a child. Ainoko, I don't I think it's. Ainoko means. I think it's Ai is like, uh, like mixed. Yeah, so it's it's hybrid. You've got you've got oh, yeah, interval yeah. or like mm. the between yeah between no call is like mm, basically mm, what it means. Mm, mm, mm. And it was a, it's a slur. So if you call a half person I no call now and they know what it means, they'll slap you. Mm. But the weird thing is, a lot of kids these days don't even know this word. Uh maybe yeah, I know this word, but maybe kids these days don't know no. the word. And so anyway, that that was the whole thinking of my television channel. Like send the, this guy out there. To experience this for the first time and i want to tell you like the response because a lot of the people who watched my tv show uh, when, when i was doing it were older women who were at home at the mm -hmm. time and we got a lot of email after that well email faxes and phone calls and it was 
hundred percent positive. Or if mm. it was negative, I didn't, I didn't, they didn't show me. Mm-mm. But it was a hundred percent positive. It was like, thank you for sending, you know, a different perspective there. We learned a lot of things. He asked, I asked a, a, apparently a lot of questions that weren't asked before. Mm. Like for example, what was their like rate of actually hitting the target? Mm. And it was like one or two percent or something like that. And if that's the case, like I was like, why the hell are you doing this? Mm. But you know, a normal Japanese reporter wouldn't ask something like that. Mm. But I'm glad that we are living nowadays because you are, of course, American, and then you could go there and then the, you, uh, not not could. I mean, it's a symbol of we're in the peace, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like fifty, sixty, seventy years ago, it couldn't happen. No. If you were there, you were killed. Right. Like seventy-five years ago, if I was there, they would just shot me. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad that we are friends and we're getting along together and. You know, you could go there, report the things. That's great. I'm and I, I'm actually on the same page with you. I'm actually happy. I mean, I, I was traumatizing, but I'm happy that my my TV station sent me there because I mm-hmm. did learn a lot. Mm-mm. And one of the things that I really, really learned, what Josh was just looking at, was that the older gentleman that was almost sent off to to be, you know, to to die, basically. Mm-hmm. He he said over and over again. Again, like he wasn't interested in answering my questions. He just had his prepared speech that he said because he's at that age. But he just kept saying like peace is something that we don't shouldn't take for granted. It's something that we have to do every single we have to work for. Right. And when you're seeing this guy who's a living proof mm, that he was proof. right the day before, basically, he was going to be sent off to die. Mm, mm. And he's standing in front of me, you know, with the ability to tell me that story. Mm. That's that's deep. Mm. That, that makes you learn something. He's obviously not there every day. He was just there for this particular case because we went there to, to do the, the TV thing. But yeah, it was very eye-opening and then and then on the way home you know because like all the crew went there with the tv crew they're all japanese and so they're asking me like so what did you think about it like how do you feel about it and it was it was hard for me to 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 figure out how i felt about it It took me a couple days to un, to really just unpack everything and figure it out but yeah the one lesson that i really really learned from that and that's the one reason why i wanted to do today's show is that peace is not something that we just you know automatically are born with it's something that we really do need to protect hmm. right I researched about the war and the kamikaze stuff on the internet, and I find that, you know, interesting words that, that one of the pilots are saying. And then, you know, the kamikaze are often compared to the modern time to terrorists. Terrorists. Yeah, uh. terrorists. And, you know, it seems like same, but they say it's completely different because, you know, kamikaze is only carry out, um, I mean... It's happened only in the wartime, mm-hmm. and then they hit only the target, not like normal people. Uh, so it's it's only <clears throat> like military people. Mm-hmm. So it I, is it is different, but I think the reason why that there's a comparison between terrorists and kamikaze is mm-hmm. because the the I think that especially in like Western thought is that if you do if you do war mm-hmm. if you do any sort of battle or anything as a last ditch effort the last thing is sacrificing yourself oh okay but you should do everything you can to prevent yourself and others from dying on your side mm. that's like you you need to protect everyone not just not just you know some people or whatever mm. and so killing yourself to kill other people is generally considered a bad thing oh okay but maybe we learn i i mean no i mean we means the japanese people learn a lot from their history yeah. and then some professor asked the college students about the question. It says, um, would you die for your country? Yeah. And then, you know, Japanese students said no. And then it was the lowest 
answer. They, really? the, the professor asked the, the students all over you know, the world, and then Japan was the lowest. lowest. I don't you know. You know, like I, I ironically wear a lot of American flag T-shirts and stuff on this show. Like it's literally ir- irony because like I'm not beholden to any country. Mm. Um, I mean, like I like my birthplace. I, I, I like the food, the people and everything, but like I don't live there, you mm, know? Mm. And like if somebody, if America went to war tomorrow with some country and they're like, Mitch, you got to come home and fight for, the country, for your country. I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, it's not about laughing. But... Like, no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard question. I don't want to die for my country. Well, because we know now that there's no reason to do that, yeah. right? There's other mm. options, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, other options, that's right. But at that time, again, guys, if you're thinking like, how could these kids do that kind of thing? Just imagine yourself in a vacuum of information. There's no internet, there's no TV, there's no radio. And anything that does come on radio mm. is just propaganda. Propaganda. So mm. the only thing that you know is that these monsters, I mean, like there are, there are stories where the GIs would enter Okinawa and like, you know, the 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 local people would drown themselves mm. because they thought that the Americans were to come in and rape right, and kill right. them and eat them. Mm, mm, mm. So the mothers would like drown their kids and stuff because it was like, they thought that that was, you know, like the, the, what is it? The compassionate way, mm. right? Because of all the, the bullshit that they were fed into. Right. And then there's that, 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 that historical photo of the girls in Okinawa with the bamboo sticks, mm, the girls, mm, students, mm. Right? Like, obviously not going to matter if, like, you know, if, if the Americans were really monsters, they have machine guns, right? Mm. Like, your bamboo sticks aren't going to do shit. Mm. Which was ironically used in an advertising recent, recently in, in, I think, Asahi Shimbun, not somewhere, somewhere, some, somewhere Shimbun. And uh, it, it, it was used to say, like, what did it say? Give us, get, we don't, uh, what is it? Can you Google uh, bamboo sticks coronavirus? Do you say mind control? Is that English? Uh, no soul, soul, no soul. What do you call it? Mind control. Yeah, we say mind control in Japanese. So mind control is not usually, that's it. So there's this double page ad that they took out in whatever newspaper with, this isn't the Okinawa girls, but these are these girls who like the iconic picture of the girls in Okinawa learning to fight with bamboo sticks. And the caption says something like, we don't need... Something, something, something. We need vaccines or something like mm. that. Like we need, we actually need something to fight this pandemic, which is like, and it's, and it's the virus is shaped like the Japanese flag. This is actually a very powerful image that they that they put up. But uh, anyway, this this image of the girls with the bamboo sticks is very iconic in this country. Mm. Uh, mind control is something that you do usually like one person or you know like the bad guy in a superhero movie uh, okay so maybe propaganda is the right i think word. you're thinking brainwashing uh, brainwashing yeah mm-hmm. brainwashing what mm-hmm. do you how do you say that in japanese i think it's no no so, so no, 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 no we say mind control how do you say brainwash brainwash it's no no brain and then so 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 that's what it is Sentaku no, right? Mm, mm. That's what it is. Okay. Sen no. Sen no suru. So yeah, so again, like guys, I don't know. I was I, I kept I kept thinking, like, okay, so I'm like 17 years old, I'm in this bunker, all of my friends are with me. We're all gonna go die tomorrow. Everybody's cheering for us. We're given a special uniform, right? And like our family are I have to say that they're so happy and proud of us. And all the adults around me are telling me that this is the best thing that I can do to defend everybody that I love. Like in that situation, again, I can't pull out my iPhone and ask Siri, mm. like, should I go fly into that American ship, mm. right? 
And uh, it's just, that's the only thing you got. And again, they only had fuel to go one way. So once you're there, you just, you're either going to die in the ocean or you're going to die in the ship. And I can't believe I, the guy, I mean, I'll look this up later. We'll put it up as a data thing, but it was just like a, a few percentage points mm -hmm. that were actually hitting the ships. And it's just mm -hmm. like. But they believe that they won. Yeah. They're going to win. They're going to win, right? Mm -hmm. The scariest thing about that museum, if any of you guys at home ever get a chance to go to that museum, I do recommend that Chiron's a wonderful place. You can see historical samurai houses, uh, beautiful streets, and then also that museum. They're famous for cherry blossoms. Too. Cherry blossoms and green tea. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's a beautiful place. If you guys ever get a chance, please do visit. But the thing that really shook me when I first walked into the museum was there's this giant painting of this flaming like blowing exploding like what is it the what is the name of the the airplane the famous B, one b nijuku b nijuku isn't it a no zero no it's like the zero sen zero sen mm. zero sen right so that it's a picture of that airplane the, the famous wartime airplane and there's a pilot in it and he's sacrificing himself by crashing into something right the, the real airplanes in the museum, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. And this this painting has an angel from heaven carrying the soul oh, yeah. of the pilot up mm, to heaven. Mm, mm, That's the first thing. That it is a giant wall mural and you see mm, that and you're just like, wow. wow. <laughs> you're just like, where did I come to? Um, and if you guys didn't know this, uh, just a side bit of information here. Kamikaze, the, the uh, what were they called? Sorry. Toku... They didn't just use planes. They used submarines as well. And mm. I think one of them was found in Hawaii or something like that. Mm. Um, I was reading about it. Yeah, they're all over the place. Mm. Um, and uh, it was just one of the one of the crazy things that happened, actually, one of the, the kind of symbols of friendship after the war is that one of the, the kamikaze pilots hit a ship and his 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 plane exploded, but it didn't. His body was left there. Okay. okay. And I, you're going to have to Google this one because I'm, I'm going off memory on this. So they either, they gave that kamikaze pilot, this, this, uh, the U.S. Navy, gave him a soldier's burial really? at sea. Like, like, and honored him. I didn't know. Yeah. And it's, uh, the people, like some U.S. officials in the Navy actually came to Chidon and the people of Chidon thank them for paying respects to their soldier. Uh, I didn't know that. And so they, the it was like a honoring the soldiers kind of thing, right? Because mm. like, and, and this is the, the end of my TV report, by the way, ended with me talking to a, a city official there. And I basically said what we started today's show with like, yes, war is decided by the people at the top, but the people are on the bottom are the ones right, that die. Right, right. So, you know, is is horrible as the war was the people that were dying on both sides were just young boys mm. young boys who had a bright future right and you know a lot of that was just you know swept away you know millions dead after the war and so that's really i guess today's the reason why i wanted to talk about today was just simply you know that the the, the victory over japan day is is coming on the 15th and and this time around, I kind of wanted to have a show about it. And I wanted to talk about, again, what the older gentleman said in, in the interview, that peace is something we have to actively work for, everybody. Victory of Japan Day, we say end of the world day. Right. <laughs> and so that kind of arrogance as well. Mm. Like we should, we need to, as, as the American side of this conversation, mm -hmm. I think that we need to, we, we need to self-check sometimes and realize that, you know, war is, is, sometimes war is the only option. I, I understand that. But like, 
It should be avoided at all costs. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's been a very serious show today. If you guys enjoyed today's show or have a comment, please keep your comments uh, respectful. Uh, leave us a comment in the, in the comment section below. Uh, hit the like button and subscribe to us uh, to never miss an episode. Uh, if you guys have any topics that you want us to talk about, any suggestions or anything, just let us know. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Goodbye. Stay Bye. safe. Stay safe.